I'd, I'd like to think Bitcoin's a, a pretty good opportunity for El Salvadorians. Um, you know, I mean, you can surf in El Salvador and now you can spend. Right. Like, how, is that, how is that not a great vacation destination now for, for wealthy Bitcoiners, you know? Oh, yeah, it's done. Like, we're going there. It's happening. Yeah. Hi, I'm CJ Wilson with Stephen McClurg, and you are listening to the Bitcoin Bottom Line. We should definitely do El Salvador. Yeah, I'm I'm super into it. I've got I've already gotten into debates on Twitter about it. Um, I roasted some you know fiat econo- economics professor already that uh, he said this is obviously really coercive. I said not as coercive as growing up on a dirt floor, and uh, you know. Like having no economic opportunities, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think Bitcoin's a, a pretty good opportunity for El Salvadorians. Um, you know, I mean, you can surf in El Salvador and now you can spend. Right. Like how, is that, how is that not a great di- vacation destination now for for wealthy Bitcoiners? You know? Oh, yeah, it's done. Like we're going there. It's happening. Yeah. And that's and that's like a that's like a fountain that just keeps throwing, you know, as people go there, you're going to get more. uh you know, you're going to get more economic activity and the more economic activity you have, then you're going to have entrepreneurial people go, you know what, what if we did a hotel? Right. And then there's going to be like actual, you know, actual activity there that's going to drive further adoption and it's going to be a a really good virtuous cycle. So, and good weather because it's, you know, equatorial. So that's nice. And they're using a volcano. They're going to use a volcano to mine. They're going to mine. There'll be like the first volcano powered, Bitcoin miners in the world, which I mean, you know, that's like some Dr. Evil stuff right there, which is great. That is, that is total Dr. Evil. So, so basically the steps were, uh, Bukele, who's the president of El Salvador had run into a supermajority where he's got everybody on, on multiple branches of the government on the same page, right? He's got the same political party sort of top to bottom. And, uh, very recently, uh, activated laser eyes on Twitter, came into a Twitter spaces and, a, and, and with 23,000 people and talked about how he felt like with everything going on um, and that Bitcoin was going to be a big move for them. Jack Mallers, who has been, you know, obviously the head of uh, the Strike app, with it, which is a lightning app. Uh, he has basically gotten a lot of Salvadorian businesses uh, locally in what's called Bitcoin Beach there and he's been working very directly with the government to implement that on a large scale so being able to put lightning in to emphasize micropayments has was sort of like the key domino to allow vendors and customers to sort of transact in that and then bukele and the congress of uh, el salvador literally ran like a like a five-hour session and just like passed it and they said these are the these are the principles this is what we're doing Let's go. And then the next day, t- tweets out, hey, we're, we're going to use a volcano. We're going to start mining. Uh, we, 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 could, we could pull 95 megawatts off this, which is going to earn El Salvador theoretically, if they're using ASICs, something to the g- degree of like 50 to 100 Bitcoin a month, um, and, which is obviously a very new source of income for them. And uh, then he's like talking about all these different sites around El Salvador where they have volcanoes. And then the memes came out. And, uh, and that's kind of where we're at. It's been a very quick, 
announcement from, uh, I believe, Saturday uh, at, at the 5th of June into, you know, now the 10th of June. And we have a full on like adoption A to Z with laws passed and rules passed and, you know, contingency plans passed and liquidity pools like accessed. Uh, they're already getting heat from the IMF and from America, apparently. And um, now it's a big deal. Now, now Congress in America is actually pushing forth with like reactive, you know, hearings and things like that, because I feel like a lot of the bigger countries are looking at a little bit of a runaway train now. Right. Okay. So Stephen, fresh off of Bitcoin, my uh, Miami 2021, uh, huge news in the Bitcoin space, huge news in the international, I guess, finance world. Um, emerging markets are adopting Bitcoin. Um, your background is you, you have you actually have emerging markets as a as a sort of you know on your resume as something that you've that you participated in before. Can you tell me a little bit about like what it, what an emerging market fund looks like and and how that even works for the layman? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and, and again, you know, part of my background, CJ is you know, managing debt for emerging markets um, and um, or, uh, or managing emerging market debt. So really what an emerging market is uh, when you when you when you when you break it down, uh, there's there's developed countries, which a lot of people consider to be places like the United States, Canada, the G7, for instance, you know, most of most of Western Europe and a developed country is where um, there is a, a certain standard of living, um, you know, certain certain resources that are available, uh, you know, strong capital markets. Uh, then there is developing markets where those are uh, countries that are very close to that. You know, a lot of places would like, you know, Mexico or um, uh, a lot of Eastern European countries are considered developing countries. And then you have emerging market countries. And these are, are, are countries that have some kind of usually have some kind of raw material. They have really high growth, a lot of potential. Um, you know, uh, a lot of countries in in, in South America, in Africa, uh, parts of Southeast Asia, uh, are oftentimes considered emerging market countries. Um, uh, they 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 do have a lot of high growth compared to developed countries who have already experienced their 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 levels of high growth. You know, the United States in the eighteen hundreds. And the, and the early 1900s uh, would, would have been considered an emerging market, a developing economy, and now it's a developed economy. Uh, so what's really interesting about Bitcoin and the adoption of Bitcoin in a lot of emerging market countries is that when you have a, when you have a very quickly growing economy, uh, oftentimes the currency of those economies are extremely volatile. And when you think about Bitcoin, you say, well, Bitcoin's a pretty volatile currency. Well, yeah, it, it is a volatile currency, but it's volatile usually going up. And for the last 10 years, it has generally gone in, in, a, in, a, in a higher direction, as opposed to a lot of emerging market countries that might have currencies uh, where, you know, if there's economic need, the government might start printing a lot of, a lot of paper. Uh, and you've seen issues with places like Venezuela, with South Africa, with uh, Argentina lately, where there's so much money printing that's, that's happening, it causes hyperinflation. Where, um, where if you adopt Bitcoin as a currency, uh, you're, you're, you're generally going up in a volatile way, where people don't feel like, uh, you know, one day uh, it costs $2 to get bread, and then the next day it costs 10 So Bitcoin is actually a pretty valuable 
currency and, 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 and has been adopted really for the last five years by a lot of places that, uh, that, that do experience a lot of currency volatility. And people do use it for uh, everyday life, everyday living. And by the way, it has been a way to get remittances to emerging market countries. A lot, a lot of emerging market countries rely on remittances uh, for, for, for their economic engine. Uh, the Philippines, for instance, is, is per capita the largest country um, that, that accepts remittances in the world. It's third behind China and India, which of course have you know about a billion citizens each. So for a country like Venezuela, you know, like Venezuela or Argentina, but particularly uh, El Salvador to adopt Bitcoin as, as its national currency, uh, it's, it's extremely helpful in terms of remittances and, uh, and currency um, stability. Sometimes there's a country that's so small that they don't issue a lot of debt and, and, and countries that are constantly issuing debt, um, you know, the bigger asset managers will buy the debt from those countries uh, because they know that there's going to be a new issue every year. But some of the smaller countries just don't need to issue that much debt. It's not big enough for the big asset managers to care. So they actually pay a, a larger interest rate, even though uh, they're, they're high quality credit, just because they're so small. And, and the examples of that is uh, Bermuda, Cayman. Um, you know, these are all investment grade countries that have sophisticated banking systems that have, uh, you know, UK or US protectorates, uh, mm -hmm. but they're so small and their debt is so small that uh, you're typically paying double what you would for a country that's not even, you know, that's not even the same quality. Um, and, and, and this is actually, by the way, this is actually one of the reasons why I got into blockchain, you know? And we'll move away from Bitcoin just for a moment. But the reason why I got into blockchain, because I saw an efficient technological system that would allow you to, um, to, to wrap that debt in a way that it was accessible to more people. And, uh, and by the way, oh El Salvador just, just, just leapfrogged everybody, right? Yeah. Not only is there now the technology to make it accessible to everybody else. I mean, El Salvador can now issue debt that people are, are going to want because yeah. they're they're because Bitcoin is their national currency. Right. And, well, it's uh, like they it's know like, it's not uh, an appreciating asset. It's an appreciating asset. I mean, it's, it's like micro strategy, right? So Michael Saylor says, "Hey, we're going to raise we're going to raise a billion dollars," and then effectively, they're just going to end up going and buying Bitcoin with it, and people are paying him. To go buy Bitcoin, they want to buy bonds in. They want to buy bonds in MicroStrategy as a result of feeling comfortable, knowing that exactly what he's going to do with it, right? That he's developing a Bitcoin infrastructure, a Bitcoin moat, as I like to call it, as a treasury, right? Um, so El Salvador is basically looking around, going like, "Hey, there's nobody at that table over there. Like, table for one, El Salvador. Thank you." Um, and and we've been talking about it. Like a lot of people in these clubhouse rooms and stuff that are maybe Bitcoin maximalists or whatever that there's gonna be a, a inflection point or a sort of trampoline effect from some sort of adoption, right? Some sort of adoption is gonna to lead to an explosion of interest, an explosion of access. And there's obviously people talk all the time about number go up, everybody wants Bitcoin to go to you know a billion or whatever, that's great. But at the end of the day, if it's fulfilling its original intent, which is everybody's using it, then that's going to kind of like have its own trampoline effect as well, right? Because you're taking that T-shirt that's very stretchy, and now you're stretching it across an entire country, 
and you have all these people that maybe didn't have a Bitcoin address, didn't have a Bitcoin wallet, you know, now you might onboard a million people, you know, in the next six months from El Salvador, right? So um, not at the level of a Elon Musk with Tesla or a, you know, uh, Paul Tudor Jones or some of these big, huge hedge funds that are looking to get in and trade it, but more in a way of like, okay, now we have a sort of a buyer of last resort because the vendor that's, you know, selling like hot dogs or a night in the hotel for Bitcoin has a reason to take it and a reason to spend it. Cause if they can, if they're getting paid in Bitcoin, then they can pay people in Bitcoin. Right. And so then you have this use case, the circular economy that's developing. And now Paraguay activates laser eyes, Argentina activates laser eyes, Brazil activates laser eyes, you know, and, and then, you know, you see this, these countries that effectively are going to be end up, they're going to end up, I don't want to say driving international policy, because that's maybe a little bit too ambitious to say, you know, in, in 10 days or something. But right now, if you're a, if you're a small country or an emerging market or a, you know, a sort of not, you know, you're outside of the G20 or something like that, for you to get a, to have the big stick, to have people talking about you wanting to get involved in your economy, you know, you got to do something kind of nutty, right? You got to start a war, uh, you know, create a new industry that doesn't exist, get a nuclear plant. You know, these things have like way, way bigger and much more volatile ramifications on the international stage than like going into Bitcoin. Bitcoin's a much more peaceful transition into the big kids table. Um, and I think, you know, younger politicians, more more savvy politicians that aren't really as maybe not as individually wealthy maybe they don't come from a wealthy family maybe they're just more populist or whatever like this is going to be a playbook now the same way that people started taking the way that obama won his election they're going to look at that and say oh there's a way of talking the way he talked and that, that worked that was a new type new style of thing um and you're going to see that now as like bitcoin being a platform you know for for international and national uh, elections and things like that, because people that it works out for, how could they not reelect these these officials, right? Like if you're if if you live at Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador, you're, you're like, okay, we're doing it, we're gonna reelect this guy because he he did it, right? He he got us over that hump, and El Salvador can then be like a hub country or whatever. Like we talk about, you know, going there, vacationing there, warm weather, pupusas, like whatever, you know, stuff like that. Um, it just it kind of fascinates me though to think about like infrastructure is so much cheaper than it used to be right and and right. that's always been something that held the digital economy back in emerging markets but now with cell phones because you can do a complete bitcoin transaction phone to phone right uh scan something scan a qr code send it uh i think it like it gives it, it gives the the emerging markets a chance to to do the, have this leapfrog thing where they don't have to install, you know, uh, some crazy, you know, four, 48 million miles of, of fiber optic cable to do Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting here, too, is, you know, if you go back in time and, you know, when when we were in high school, grade school, this is when the, the European Union was being formed. Right. And everybody dropped their currencies and started moving to uh, the euro. And I remember, I remember the the last time I went to Europe. This is in the late nineties. I want to I want to say when you 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 still had local currencies in a lot of countries that just I've got all these coins that I that I that I kept and currency that I kept. You know, not 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 a whole lot of it. 
but uh, it's now worthless because it's now all on the euro. And and then and then I think when was it? Two thousand one, uh, when when everything went over to the euro, and uh, or, or most countries finally made the, the, the final transition. Um, and and I kind of saw uh, digital assets, and and I, and I say the word digital assets because I wasn't sure that Bitcoin was going to be that solution. Um, I saw, you know, uh, most of Europe is on the euro now and they have this shared economy and shared borders that uh, are much easier to cross, much easier to transact in. Um, it does cause problems for some countries, by the way, that, um, that are more tourist destinations uh, around the Mediterranean, particularly Greece, where they could um, uh, inflate their currency uh, and, then, and then deflate it, uh, you know, uh, season, you know, uh, uh, during certain seasons, uh, so that they can make more money as a, as a, as a country. And then the more industrial countries, uh, like, you know, Germany and Poland, uh, in, in central and Northern Europe, it didn't really matter to them because they were producing all year long. But, uh, but, but what I was, what, what, what I was really looking at, you know, a few years ago was, okay, Bitcoin seems to be this, uh, this transaction mechanism for, uh, large purchases, right? You know, if I want to send large amounts of money to another country, if I want to buy a car, I want to buy a house, you know, anything over, let's say anything over $10,000, Bitcoin made a lot of sense. But some of these other um, cryptocurrencies that had come out and were really being implemented in certain places, you know, whether it's Monero, uh, mm -hmm. which, you know, uh, you know, you know, conversations with Fluffy Pony was like, okay, we're, uh, or maybe I should say Ricardo, <laughs> not, not many people know. Uh, and, and, and really Monero is more of this, this, this privacy token where countries that uh, are a little bit more oppressive, um, uh, you know, more, more oppressive regimes, you want to use something like Monero to transact because you're trying to, you know, hide from the government. Um, and then you have things like Dash and Zcash uh, that, are, that are being implemented in places like uh, Northern Africa and Latin America and some parts of uh, Eastern Europe uh, for people just to, you know, buy and sell uh, on, a, on, a, on a daily basis, small transactions. Um, I, I really wasn't sure. And, and what I thought was going to happen is you were going to have a, you know, regional support for certain, you know, more transactional, you know, smaller transaction cryptocurrencies. And, and I thought that was going to start to develop. But really, you know, and a lot of this is due to the work of people like Elizabeth Stark uh, on the Lightning Network that allows you to make, you know, smaller transactions and make a lot more transactions on Bitcoin very quickly. Um, I mean, if, if, if it wasn't for that, and, and, you know, I should call out Jack Mallers as well, um, a country like El Salvador would have never been able to adopt Bitcoin uh, as, a, as a national currency. It, it would have cost too much to transact. Right. Yeah, it's too big of a it's too big of an animal to digest all at once, right? And I think that that concept of like regionalization is interesting because it's obviously that's what's been going on for thousands of years, right? Each country has kind of their own thing. They sort of develop their own mechanisms, like you said, Greece to inflate, deflate to have a high season. Um, but the production economy versus the service economy, right, is very different. And the production economy is focused on efficiency, right? And the service economy is is like there's a hype cycle there's a sort of you know um a benefit cycle and all these other things that come along with it and I, I think one of the most interesting things is as we start to uniformly distribute the bitcoin network or some of these other ones like you said um 
you know, uh, because obviously like Zcash and Monero do have a use case for certain uses. It just, they don't have the same properties, right? There's always a trade-off. And so people that are willing to have sort of an unmarked supply, because that's one of the elements of like of Monero, right? Is that nobody really knows how many Monero there are in the same sense that you know with Bitcoin, because the the whole point of it is to be obscure, right? You you obscure the the whole data set, and then there's there's like a little bit of flow there that people aren't really aware of. But if you're able, it, at the end of the day, if you're able to get paid in a currency, and receive a good as a result of giving someone that currency, and both sides are happy, right? That's that's its own reward, and that's something that, like, if you imagine that happening across borders, with any other currency besides a digital currency. It would be so weird because of the stuff we talked about earlier with like the transaction fees and the switches and all this other stuff. Whereas like every exchange has pairs where you can sell Bitcoin to Ethereum, you know, Ethereum to Link, Link to Bitcoin, you know, uh, Zcash to Bitcoin, Bitcoin to Monero. There's all these different on-ramps and off-ramps because of the programmability of cryptocurrency, right? So that's that's the real, that's the use case. But like you said, uh, with Liquid, with Lightning Labs, um, you have like actual products now that microdose the cost and in a way speed it up. The only challenge now is figuring out how do you how do you provide liquidity for that layer two solution, either as a business owner, because then you've got to kind of like stake your Bitcoin in a way or open it up so that you can take transactions that are a certain size. But yeah, I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna build on something you know, build on the thing that has at least the the best brick and mortar, you know, layer at, at the bottom, and then you can kind of build up from there. And I think like having used Lightning for about six months now uh, on a pretty regular basis uh, through Strike and through some of these other these other uh, payment rails, like Blue Wallet and stuff like that, I'm, I'm kind of a poison tester, right? So I try to try these things out. I'm like, you know, listen, if I'm going to talk about this, I got to sign up for Coinbase. I got to sign up for Binance. I got to sign up for Kraken. I got to sign up for Gemini. I got to give everybody a shot, right? So I'm not super biased. I got to look at all these rails, all these places to put it. Obviously, that's how we met through the Valkyrie investment uh, company um, because I'm always looking for like, where, what can I do with my Bitcoin? Where can I put it? Why is it better here than there? You know, and I think Lightning has a lot of these solutions. And what's cool is that it's cool and uncool, right? Because the thing that people love about Bitcoin is nobody knows who Satoshi is. He's probably never coming back. There's like, he's not, he's not involved, right? What people like about Lightning is that they see Jack Mahler's tweeting, getting involved. That's what people like about Ethereum. That's what people like about some of these things. They like that Elizabeth Stark has, has a, an entire lab of solutions. There's constantly, or Adam back with Liquid is constantly trying to do stuff. So people like that because then they can follow a person, they can hear them, hear their thought process, because not everybody's going to get in on uh, GitHub and read the code, you know, so they have to read the, they have to read the tweets. Um, so, like, I think if we're able to, as Bitcoiners, um, continually push this adoption cycle and make Bitcoin a money everywhere all the time and have it being a transaction layer all the time. It's super exciting because I love the idea that I could mine Bitcoin and then go to El Salvador and spend Bitcoin. And the people that are receiving it are going to be so much happier than receiving my dollar, you know, and knowing that I'll probably get treated better if I'm spending Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Yeah, because right. 
I, I, I'll treat, if someone wants to buy a car for me with Bitcoin, I'd much rather sell it for Bitcoin. I'd rather, I'd rather take a two, 2% transaction fee and, you know, sell the Bitcoin for cash and keep 2% of it as like a merchant services thing internally, rather than pay Visa 2% or, or Amex three and a half percent or whatever it is. Right. So that's, that's the way I look at it. And I think as a vendor now, you get to keep more of what you're supposed to get. And that, that's the, that's the ultimate thing for me. Anybody that, that wants to come up and raise their level up, it's like, there's not a lot of other things you can do that. I mean, can you imagine uh, people say like, oh, well, you know, gold or whatever stock market. Can you imagine going into like Starbucks and being like, uh, boop, there you go. One tenth of an Amazon stock. Like that's just like, that's really weird. Cause it's not, cause stocks are not money in that regard. Right. That's a complete right. ball game. And I think that's, that's the delineator is people say, oh, well, can you, can you buy coffee with Bitcoin? It's like, oh, absolutely. You can buy coffee with Bitcoin. You know, you absolutely can. And you can also get rewards for that with Bitcoin credit cards, Bitcoin debit cards. It's like a whole new, like a whole new universe now, you know, Bitcoin is like the iPhone or the app store. And then now El Salvador is like an app company, you know, because of this. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I have, you know, probably an uncomfortable amount of, of, of Bitcoin as a percentage of my net worth. Um, Valkyrie, uh, always holds a percentage of, of Bitcoin on 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 its balance sheet. You know, I mean, look, if we're, if we're, if we're out there selling funds that are in the cryptocurrency landscape, and we're um, and we and we have a vehicle that we're telling businesses to come into to put Bitcoin in balance sheet, we better have Bitcoin on our balance sheet too, right? I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. And 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 by the way, me personally. Uh, I've purchased a lot of things with 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 my own Bitcoin, and I've taken Bitcoin for things as well. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I just commissioned uh, uh, some uh, a, a piece of art from uh, from from this artist I really like, uh, and 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 paid her in Bitcoin, right? And um, you know, and she was and she was happy to have Bitcoin, you know, and and, and yeah. Uh, and we had a transaction over the weekend, uh, not, not, not this last weekend, but a few weekends before, but it was a, it was a transaction and we wanted to pay one of our vendors at, at Valkyrie. And we we're trying to figure out how we we're going to send the money when wires are closed, when the feds closed, we're like, Oh, uh, will you take Bitcoin? Yes, of course I'll take Bitcoin done. Right. You know? Yeah. Done so at done it, done at 1am on a Sunday too, by the way, not, not done during business hours. Yeah. Done anytime. You know, now, please wait until Monday morning and I'll send you a wire as long as it's not before, you know, as long as it's not after four o'clock Eastern. Right. Yeah. So uh, I guess wrapping up on the emerging markets thing, um, are there, do you see the, the broad level, meaning like the rising tide lifting all the boats for like 10 years ago versus today is the average emerging market country a better place to invest in and a safer place to invest in if they're adopting this, this Bitcoin, you know, kind of mindset, or they're, they're willing to engage with either, you know, sovereign fund Bitcoin mining or, you know, Bitcoin tourism or any of that stuff or Bitcoin tax sheltering, which is a thing. Obviously there's countries that have low, very low corporate capital gains or no personal capital gains. I mean, that's another huge thing I think to see, uh, coming out of this whole thing as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think we're still too early to tell. Um, but I, you know, from 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 my perspective, uh, and just because I've spent a lot of time educating myself and and how Bitcoin works, and and have been since 
I don't know, 2010, uh, just, just educating myself on, 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 on this or, or, or even educating myself so that I can present it to an investment committee, uh, at, you know, at, at, at a large bank or, you know, um, a large asset manager. And from, from my perspective, the way that you analyze a, uh, you know, sovereign debt of a, of a country, by the way, most sovereign debt is issued in dollars. And that's so that it can participate in several different, um, you know, capital markets. Um, when you issue debt in local currency, it's actually very difficult to sell it, you know, much further outside of, of, of its own ecosystem. Uh, so, so you almost have to, you know, sell U.S. dollar denominated debt. Sometimes there is euro or, or yen denominated debt that, that, that some countries will, will issue uh, to particular, you know, particularly to, to participate in those capital markets. But, uh, but, but dollars are most common. And when you're analyzing um, the viability of that, of that debt instrument, one of the things that you have to look at is the underlying currency of that country. And, and if it looks like that, 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 that currency is depreciating in value, that the central bank of that country is going to be continued to issue more, uh, that it makes it very difficult to convert that currency into dollars to pay the interest rate and then to eventually pay the principal. Um, if you hold, if, if, if your country's um, currency is something that has fixed supply, like mm -hmm. Bitcoin, then um, it, in my opinion, it actually makes it easier. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather hold debt of a country whose currency is Bitcoin than, um, than than the currency of most countries uh, that are that are that are considered emerging markets. I, I think, you know, one, one thing, Stephen, that's that that's interesting is Bitcoin has a fixed supply. So anytime you have a nation-state-level adoption um, that effectively has a let's say a liquidity pool, right? And if if certain countries came in and bought fifty million or hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin on a date like today or this week or whatever. Um, that's only part of it, right? Because they're doing it as a hedge against the dollar, against their own currency, against their own economy. And then that, that Bitcoin eventually finds its way to people that have no Bitcoin, right? Um, what do you, how, how do you see that in the emerging markets playing out a little bit? Well, I think, I think what's going to happen is it's going to keep central banks globally more honest. Um, you know, if you look at uh, if you look at what's been happening in the United States for the last year um, under under both the, the, the Trump and the Biden administration is that we've just been printing money and handing it out. Mm -hmm. And the really interesting thing that's happened in the last year is, you know, money used to be something that was scarce that you had to work really hard for. And uh, that's the only way that I've ever known it, you know, what? You know, I, I grew up not having much money. So it was like, you know, whatever you could do to earn it, you know, you're constantly earning, constantly, you know, mowing yards, whatever it took to uh, to get more money in because it, it was so scarce. And now we've 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 switched to where money isn't scarce anymore. Um, we, we know that the government will just print more of it and hand it out when people need it. And that's a completely different mindset than uh than a year ago um and 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 that's not good by the way because i mean if you look at the price of lumber uh for instance you know lumber has 4x in value over the last year 
copper has gone up significantly, you know, more than double, um, you know, the price of groceries. So, so there's a, there's an unintended consequence of just printing money and handing it out to people. It's things cost more and, and the asset holders actually um, win, you know, the people, pe people that can afford to own a lot of assets, whether it's farmland or stocks and bonds or um, fine art or wine or gold coins, you know, you're the, you're the, you're the one who wins. And the person that, that got that handout, mm -hmm. uh, they only, they only win for a short period of time right. uh, until you get that next check. And, and the problem with that in the United States is that it doesn't just affect U.S. citizens. It affects everyone globally, mm -hmm. because if you're in, if you're China or you're the, the, the EU, for instance, and you're printing money in the U.S., well, you're forced to either buy bonds or print money in other countries so that the price of goods uh, is still competitive uh, with the United States. And that way you can still export them at a, at a, at a, at a level that's uh, in line with what uh, U.S. exports go yeah, for. Yeah, because otherwise you just have a cliff, right? It just gets your, your yep. consumption as a nation goes off a cliff uh, and your 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 ability to export goods goes off a cliff as well, right? So you get into like this, this stalemate situation if you get the currencies but like untethering from each other too much, right? So there's like a lot of this uh, dollar, euro, pound, you know, yuan, yen kind of thing going on in the currency markets themselves. Stephen, I think that, that's a good good wrap on emerging markets and, and how Bitcoin plays in. Awesome. Good chatting. Yeah. Once again, thank you for listening. This is CJ Wilson with Stephen McClurg, and this was another episode of the Bitcoin Bottom Line. See you soon. The opinions presented herein are solely of the individual and not necessarily representative of Valkyrie Investments, Inc. and their affiliates. There is no guarantee that any specific outcome will be achieved. Investments may be speculative, illiquid, and there's a risk of total loss of your investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.